Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. As we observe Memorial Day, I wanted to remind you to remember the sacrifices made and to pray for the surviving family members. We all know that freedom isn't free. It has a huge cost and it requires blood, sweat, and tears. And those that pay the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom deserve our honor and remembrance. But so do their family members. The family members who bear that heavy burden every single day deserve our gratitude. The term gold star describes a family member who has lost a loved one in military service. One of our very own staff members, Melissa Strickland, knows about that loss and sacrifice personally. Melissa's nephew, Dylan, was killed while serving in Afghanistan on June 10th, 2017. It's so important to hear their stories, speak their names, and honor their legacy. Um, you know, we all say freedom isn't free, and we know we say that, but I don't think people really realize, you know, mm-hmm. that the freedom does impose a burden, um, and it takes blood and sacrifice to be free. And so I just want to take the day to remind us of that, that verse to who much is given, much is required. You know, we as Americans have been given so much and there's mm-hmm. so much required from us. And so yeah. thank you for sharing your pain and your loss um, so that we can truly honor and remember. So to start, can you just introduce us to Dylan? You know, oh, I'd love to. Tell us about his passions and what he liked to do and um, who he was as a man. Yeah, I would love to. So Dylan, um, Dylan is my oldest nephew. Mm -hmm. And when Dylan was born, he was the first grandchild. Mm -hmm. And he was actually born on my wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. So Robinson and I had been married a few years and Dylan was born on our anniversary. And I think there was this immediate link with him Mm -hmm. because of that. in in the later years, you know, uh, Robinson and I had been told we'd never have children. And so Dylan really became ours. Mm-hmm. And my sister would even say, he's so much like you, you know. Uh, he ha- he was the better version of me. <laughs> um, and and so I always thought of him as, as my own mm-hmm. um, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And as I've been thinking about Dylan, you know, he, he did... Um, have a lot of passions. I think our family, we always we always just think of his smile and he lived to make other people smile. Mm. He just would do the goofiest things you can imagine if it would mean somebody would laugh and feel good about themselves. Mm. And, um, you know, when I, now when I think about him, though, I always have the same image in my head. And I actually, I printed it out, a picture for you, uh, Christy, and I know the listeners can't see it, but I, it's just so special and I'll just describe it. Um, when Dylan was three, because he was my child, mm-hmm. um, when he was three and it was Halloween and my sister said, I think you should go to the Halloween party with him oh. at his preschool <laughs> because Aww. she just knew how, how much, you know, he meant to me and, and would mean to me. And so I didn't know how she had dressed him up or anything, but I showed Aww. up at preschool and there's little three-year-old Dylan <laughs> in a lion costume. And so there's just this precious little face that was staring out at me with this, you know, big lion's mane around him. And as soon as he saw me walk through the door, he just said, Aunt Mimi, and he ran up and he just 
hugged me. <laughs> and and that's the image I have of him. I you know, when I think of him is is my little lion and I don't I don't immediately think of him as the high school wrestler mm. or um in his senior year, you know, he uh, stood in a silent protest at his school because they were going to forbid prayer. Wow. And so he was one of the students that, you know, took part in that and served as a spokesperson for that. I don't mm. remember that, mm. Dylan, right off the bat. And I I don't immediately think of the, the handsome young man in his army uniform mm-hmm. um, that— that was the adult and served his country or or the last time that I saw him before he deployed and he came mm-hmm. to say goodbye to all of us, that's never the Dylan I remember mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. The Dylan I remember first is the little lion. Um, well, and I can see why. He is adorable. <laughs> oh, I mean, that smile and he yeah. just looks so proud. And yes, he um, was, yeah, he was just... Um, sensitive and sweet, very much a, a mama's boy, very much a, an Aunt Mimi's boy. Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't pronounce my name, so he always called me Aunt Mimi. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, that's that's who Dylan was. And mm-hmm. yeah. And so, like you said, he was your daughter, I mean, your sister's son. Mm-hmm. Um, so close aunt, very involved. Um, yes. You're very close with your sister, Tina. Yes. And very involved in his life and in his raising. Um, yeah, and like you said, he was a leader, sounds like. Mm-hmm. He was. He was a leader, but he didn't— it wasn't a leadership that he forced. Mm. People were just drawn to him. Uh, and I think it's because he cared so much about other people and cared so much about their mm. happiness that they just felt— drawn to him. Mm. I mean, from the time he was little, but even now his army buddies uh, will say, you know, there was just something about him. Like everybody just wanted to be around Mm. him. And it wasn't because he was the fiercest fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, he was afraid of spiders and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that, but there was just a genuine, a genuineness about him and a, and he cared so deeply about the people around him that, that you know, you just, you couldn't help but just love being in his presence. Mm. And so did he always want to be in the military? Where did this come from and this desire to serve? He always wanted to be, I mean, from the time he was a little boy, wow. he wanted to be in the army. He mm. wanted to be a soldier. And uh, as you know, I was in the Army National Guard mm-hmm. and uh, we lived here in Boone, and my sister still lived in Raleigh. And so my my weekend drills and all of that were always in Raleigh mm. in the capital. And so when I would go for those, I would stay mm. with them. And he would—so I would come back from drill in my uniform at night, and he would ask me all kinds of questions wow. about what I did. And um, he was always really in tune mm-hmm. with that part of himself and wanting to— wanting to be a soldier. Wow. And as you describe him, I mean, so many of our military, that is who they are. They're humble. They're, they love their country and they love their family. You know, so many think, oh, how can they leave so much? It's because they love them so much and they want America to stay free 
and for us to not know about the dangers. You know, they go overseas so that the danger doesn't come here. And so it just sounds like he just loved his country and loved his family so much that that was who he was and what he wanted to do. So how did Tina think about it? I mean, I have three boys, I know, and I joke all the time, you're not joining the military. (laughs) I mean, I joke because I totally would, and I love, love people who serve. I mean, they just have a heart and... Mm. Yeah, just a selflessness. Yeah. So how did the family think, you know, when he, did he enlist right out of high school? What did it look like for him? He did. He enlisted right out of high school mm. and there was just pride. Mm. Uh, just everyone was so proud. And I think it never occurred to us really that we would lose him. hmm it just seems like something that happens to other people. Mm-hmm. And so you you have those moments where you think, wow, this is dangerous what he's doing or but it's it it's kind of a superficial worry at that point because I don't think we ever imagined that it actually would happen. Mm-hmm. That that we actually were in grave danger of losing him, that it was, it was a, I don't think we took it seriously enough. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was just pride and joy and it was a wonderful thing that he was doing it. And there's still those things, but, um, but we just didn't really, it just didn't hit us the way that it maybe should have, that this was this could have been the last time we saw him. Mm-hmm. When we said goodbye to him before his deployment, not, I don't think any of us were thinking that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking this was going to be the last time we would see him. Mm-hmm. I knew he was stationed out of the 101st at Fort Campbell, which mm-hmm. is a really prestigious, wonderful unit. Um, was this his first deployment? It was. Okay. Yeah, it was his first deployment, and he was— very happy to go. He was really excited mm-hmm. to go, mm-hmm. um, you know, to do what he had been trained to mm-hmm. do, to serve his country in a meaningful way and not just be on a base and not just, I mean, he really was excited to do his job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And I, the interesting thing to us is, as I just said, we didn't necessarily take it very seriously, mm-hmm. but I think he really did. Mm-hmm. And he knew what he was facing in a way that we didn't. And before he left, when he came here, when he came to West Jefferson to see us all, you know, he had always had a strong faith, Mm. um, but it really um, hit him that he had never been baptized. Mm. And so he asked to be baptized before he went to Afghanistan. And so he was baptized here in the New River before mm-hmm. he deployed, just a few days before he deployed. And uh, we, of course, were very supportive of that. Mm-hmm. But now it's so much more meaningful that he made that decision mm-hmm. to really publicly express his faith. And it, it, it's a point of reassurance. And we watched that baptism video mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, on when it's really tough because it's mm-hmm. it's so reassuring um, at our saddest moments to know where he is. 
What a gift from the Lord, you know, to prompt his heart to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. like you said, when it gets hard and when the pain is so deep, you know, the Lord can say he's mine, Yeah, you know, and I love him more than you do. And I called him and he answered. And um, I I think of that verse in Isaiah, who am I going to send? Here I am, Lord, send me. And I think it sounds like he was so mature, wise beyond his years. I mean, wise beyond, I mean, 22, it was what, 22? It was 22, yeah. Um, I mean, that's not typical. So to be living, and that's what I want to do in this episode. I mean, many things, but not to make people feel guilty, um, but to make you feel grateful. And I think so often we, we, kind of take for granted the people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think soldiers more than most, you know, because before they leave, you know, they got they have to do a will, they have to do a power for, you know, all these different things, power of attorneys. And I think the gravity hits them, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they are, they are signing up and saying, I will defend, you know, I don't know the whole thing, but foreign and domestic, you know, I will, and they will, and they love their buddies. And so they will do anything and yeah. they know that. Yeah. And so I think what a gift that he, yeah, honored the Lord and loved his family well. And I think that's what I want to challenge people to do. You know, and I think because, like I said, too much is given, much is required. These men and women have given their blood and their lives and their families are forever altered. And they carry a burden and a sacrifice that we don't understand. And that's why I appreciate you letting us in. Mm -hmm. Because I think the more we know, the more grateful we are. Love your family well. Um, And I think all my friends that have lost, they say, enjoy your barbecues, enjoy Memorial Day, enjoy the start of summer, but realize it comes at a cost. And most of these men and women would want us to live our lives to the fullest um, and be, like you said, take things seriously, take our relationship with Christ seriously. That's right. You know, and to know that this, our days are numbered. We don't know when our next, you know, our last Mm -hmm. day will be. So I love the way he just lived life to the fullest. He really did. He really did, yeah. And, you know, in Memorial Day, Gold Star families are so grateful for all of the ceremonies and all of those things. And I would just encourage people also to think about um, the soldiers who were left behind. Mm -hmm. Memorial Day is very hard for them. Mm -hmm. And I know for Dylan's friends and the ones who were there with him when he was killed— um, every every year they reach out to my sister mm. and some of them are in very bad shape. Um, you know, she's had to talk one through uh, suicide, you know, who, who wanted to just kill himself because they felt like they mm-hmm. hadn't done enough for Dylan and mm-hmm. or it should have been them and not him. And, you know, she's had the opportunity. Thankfully, they do reach out to her and they think of her, they call her Mama T mm-hmm. um, and she calls them my boys mm-hmm. and... They, they do reach out to her so that she can say, this is not what Dylan would want. Mm-hmm. This is not your fault. This is not, our family does not blame you mm-hmm. for any of this. But, you know, those soldiers, they have to just keep fighting. They have to mm-hmm. keep working. Um, but just like a Gold Star family, there's a hole there for them. Mm-hmm. And um, and so just to, to think about on Memorial Day, to think about, those military members who are left behind and mm-hmm. the hurt that they will carry for the rest of their life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that survivor's guilt is real um, and painful. And that's why, again, I just want yeah people to be grateful, not guilty. 
Mm-hmm. And to encourage those, I think, yeah, and people get confused with Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And Memorial Day, I think when you do thank a veteran, you know, on Memorial Day, they don't want to be thanked, but That's I think right. to say, I'm sorry yeah. for your loss, you know, because most right. a, a name, a memory comes to mind and um, and it is hard. Exactly. Yeah, I feel think guilty. that's great to say thank you for your for your, for what you've lost mm-hmm. because so many of them yeah. do know and have witnessed someone mm-hmm. that they love, they truly mm-hmm. love, and you mm-hmm. know, with Edward, you know, you they love their fellow soldiers, mm-hmm. and it is losing a member of the family to them, mm-hmm. except that they also bear the mm-hmm. burden of thinking they could have done more they could they yeah. sh- it should have been that all of those things right. that even as a gold star family we don't we don't bear mm-hmm. yeah that responsibility it's heavy mm-hmm. um and i think sometimes people don't realize that and others were killed in his incident that's right um so they have and i'm sure some were injured and um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. would you mind sharing you know i, I know it's like you said, when we send people to war, you know what could happen, but you don't want to think about it. And I think no. naivety is best. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's your way of coping or but surviving. How can you talk us through, um, yeah, fi- getting that call and finding out that news? Um, yeah. What did it do to your family? <sighs> um, yeah, it was June 10th. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember waking up and seeing, um, I, I read the news every day when I wake up with my coffee, and I saw that three service members uh, had been killed in Afghanistan and one severely injured. And I remember thinking those poor families. Mm-hmm. Um, because even then, you know, having Dylan in Afghanistan, you noticed it more. Mm-hmm. But even then, I didn't think it was our person. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a few hours later, my mom called me and she was in New York. And she said, you have got to get to Tina. You've got to get to Tina. And um, they, the army couldn't find her house. So they had called ahead of time to say we're sending, and they wouldn't tell her why. Mm. And so we knew it was not a good thing. You know, they said we are sending some soldiers that need to talk to you. And when Tina asked why, they wouldn't say. And so my mom said, you've got to beat them there. You've got to beat them there. So were you in Boone? I was in Boone Mm. at our house in Boone, and my sister lived in West Jefferson. Mm. And so I just looked at Robinson, and I said, I've got to get to Tina, pray, (laughs) and ran out the door and drove as fast as I could. And on the way over, I um, I dictated a text to Jim Daly and Paula Woodring hmm. because I just knew I needed prayer. And I knew that I couldn't, like it wasn't the time to turn to my family or, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. but I needed to know that there was somebody who knew, who loved me and who would pray. Mm-hmm. And those were the first two people I thought of mm-hmm. were, were Jim and Paula, my SP family. Mm-hmm. And so I texted and I and I said, you know, I think it's about what happened this morning. We just, I just feel it in my heart. It's about what, what happened this morning that's in the news. And please pray. And at that point, I was praying that he was the injured one. 
just let him be the one severely injured. I mean, how insane mm-hmm. is that? Mm-hmm. You know, that please let him be the one that, you know, is is severely injured. And uh and they of course immediately said, We're praying now. We're praying right now. Mm-hmm. We've we're stopping. Tell us what happens. And so I got to Tina's and beat them. And they were pretty far away, actually. So we were there for about an hour before they got there, and it was excruciating. And you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, okay, I've got to be the strong one. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel strong, but I've got to be the strong one. Mm-hmm. My sister, my baby sister, even though we're both in our 40s, she's still mm-hmm. my baby sister, mm-hmm. and we, she needs me. And so... You know, and just trying to just pour her tea and bring her things. And I think I annoyed the snot out of her because I was just like, what can I, I can only do tangible like, things. Service. So mm-hmm. it was just service. So it was just like, do you need your teacup refilled? Do you, what do you, you know? And, um, but it was just, it just felt like an eternity. And um, the soldiers got there and we were sitting in the living room on the couch and all of a sudden, they just stood at attention and said, the Secretary of Defense regrets to inform you. Mm-hmm. And my sister just groaned and doubled over in pain. And I just covered her with my body. Mm-hmm because I just wanted to protect her so badly in that moment that I just physically just laid on top of her to just try to protect her somehow. Um, And then it was over, and they left. And then after that, um, I knew she just needed to be alone. Mm -hmm. And her other son was on the way, and her daughter. Um, and I, I knew that they were on the way to the house. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and so we just kind of separated to each have our own time. Mm-hmm. And again, I turned to Jim and Paula. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know what to do. He, it, he, was, one, he was one of those killed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do right now. And Jim and Paula just loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never forget what they did, mm-hmm. or really any of the Samaritan's Purse family did for us mm-hmm. after that. Well, um, yeah, then I didn't realize you were at the notification. And, and like she said, they can't do it over the phone, so they have to physically come to you. And that's why every military, you know, parents and spouse, you have to put where you are. And if mm-hmm. you go out of town, you're supposed to tell them where you're going. And for that very reason, because they don't want to give that news over the phone, which that's right. I appreciate, but I'm so glad you were there for her because that's news you never want to get. And when you see them come to your door in their dress uniform. Yeah. um, Well, and I think that was the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. because 
they got lost. Yeah. And they couldn't, she lives, she lives way out in the country and they mm -hmm. couldn't find her and they couldn't find her on a map and they were coming from a long way. And so they called ahead. Mm. And if they had not done that, yeah. she would have been alone. Yep. She would have been sitting there by herself when that came, that news came. Mm -hmm. And so I just really think that all of that was orchestrated by God mm -hmm. to make sure that someone was with her. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm glad you mentioned reaching out to Paula and Jim. And this is another reason I wanted to talk about this and share with people the importance of doing something and mm -hmm. reaching out. Because like you said, you didn't want to call your family because you're all grieving. Right. So the families are, yes, their help and network, but they're grieving. I mean, yeah. your mom lost yeah. a grandson. Your niece and nephew lost a brother. You know, so the people you love and want to talk to, it's hard. So right. who do you go to? And that's why I want people listening, even if you don't know somebody well. What, what, why did it matter for people to reach out in your time of grieving? Oh my goodness. Well, for me personally, it mattered because I was a wreck. Mm -hmm. And at the same time that I was a complete wreck, I knew that I had to be strong mm -hmm. and that I had to take care of my family. And that meant organizing a funeral unexpectedly. That meant dealing with all of these things that needed to be dealt with. And uh, being the person who represented the family when the the local restaurants wanted to bring food to us. And I mean, we experienced this outpouring of love from this community that you never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined mm -hmm. what we received mm -hmm. from this community. But, you know, my sister and her husband flew to Dover, of course, to greet Dylan's um, casket when it was flown from Afghanistan. And I was here and I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to get a funeral director. We don't know where we're going to bury. You know, he's coming, and mm -hmm. and we don't know what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And um, and so you know, I just I started that process, and having Samaritan's Purse, the family that we have here. I mean, you know, we might fuss and fight, and but the way that this ministry came around me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to plan a funeral for like 700 people. And um, it was going to be at the high suite at the high school. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And so Brian Willis said, well, I do. Mm. <laughs> and Steve Hoagie said, I do. Mm. And so the two of them took my sister and I to lunch and we went over to the high school and Brian was saying, this is your overflow area and set up chairs like this and do this. And mm -hmm. Steve was like, let me see the sound system. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll run sound, you know, or Caitlin Lom, who came alongside and said, how can I help you with the media mm -hmm. and with, you know, this community outreach? Or um, Jane Edwards, who arranged for meals and uh, it was just such a pillar mm -hmm. of strength to me. And, mm -hmm. and Franklin, mm -hmm. you know, when, when Dylan was flown all the way home from Dover, he was flown to Wilkesboro and Franklin said to the aviation staff in Wilkesboro, take care of them. Mm 
He said, go to our Samaritan's Purse hangar. That's where you're going to wait. Hmm. And he told the aviation staff to take care of them. Whatever you need to do, just take care of that family. Hmm. And they did. And when Dylan came off the plane and we were standing outside and there was all the pomp and circumstance, marching and salutes and um, and his, his casket came off and it had the flag draped over it. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had seen him. And I just remember looking to my right and seeing all the SP aviation staff standing out there with us. Mm. And they were all sobbing too. And I knew that they weren't just honoring us, but that they were feeling with us. Mm -hmm. That it wasn't duty, that it was family, and that they were feeling our pain with us. And I, it just meant everything mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. It just meant everything. And then we, uh, you know, did a motorcade, a you know, funeral motorcade out of Wilkesboro, um, driving all the way back to Boone, to West Jefferson, to the funeral home. And the streets were lined with people mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And Caitlin was standing right there at the airport. Um, You know, we had motorcycle riders and flags everywhere, bucket trucks with flags. And we drove past SP Wilkesboro's office. Mm. And just looking out of the car and seeing my Smirts Purse family standing there crying with their hands over their hearts, Mm. crying, lining the streets. It just, I mean, how could you ever say thank you for that? Mm -hmm. How could you ever express to them what they mean to you? And I think, you know, it's such a blessing for us here to be part of Samaritan's Purse. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know that everyone gets that. I don't know that everyone has a place where they come to work, where it is family, where it is blood, where it is, I will move heaven and earth for you Mm -hmm. because I love you and you're not just a colleague Mm -hmm. to me. And that's what we have here, is that. And um, we felt that, we knew that. And I think about the other two soldiers who were killed on the same day. Mm-hmm. And I often wonder if they received what we received. And I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From the community, um, Like I said, all the way up to Boone, all the way from West Jefferson to Boone, there were people lining the streets, saluting the car as we went by with flags. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the same thing on the day of his funeral as we drove through West Jefferson to the cemetery. Mm -hmm. It was lined with people 
with mm-hmm. flags waving. And I don't think the other two received that. Mm-hmm. And I always, it always makes my heart break that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Because at this awful, awful, awful time in our lives, we knew we had the support of an entire community mm-hmm. who didn't just love us and support us, but who recognized what Dylan did mm-hmm. and who recognized that he was a hero mm-hmm. and they gave him a hero's welcome home. Mm-hmm. And that meant everything to know that they knew who he was and what he did. Mm-hmm. And any soldier, any soldier's family should feel that mm-hmm. when they come home in that way. They should all get that. Mm-hmm. And we did. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is my heart and my passion. And like you said, I think those listening mostly get it. And I, I think the body of Christ gets it more than most. Um, because I know one of my favorite quotes is, only two dividing forces have ever offered to die for you, Jesus Christ and the American mm-hmm. soldier. You know, one died for your freedom and one died for your soul. And I think as Christians, we get it because we get the sacrifice of Christ. I mean, our That's right. adoption into his family and the sacrifice he made, and we we get the depth of that, that it required a death yes, for our reconciliation with that's the Lord, right. you know, and yes. that it is awful. And that's why the cross is such a beautiful yet awful symbol. You know, it it required death, brokenness, separation from his father. I mean, it was so awful, but yet he made it such a redemptive, beautiful because of the resurrection. That's right. And so I think as Christians, we get it a little more than most Mm -hmm. um, because it's the same thing. These men and women put on their uniform, raised their right hand, swore, you know, to defend our freedom and would do anything. And their sacrifice gives us the freedom that we get. And it's the same thing as the American flag. It's like, we love the American flag. And I think sometimes like the cross, it's almost taken for granted. That's right. And so that's why I just want to remind people it matters. You know, it matters to line the streets with flags, whether you know them or not. I think some people think, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Just show up. That's you know? right. I mean, don't don't go to their house and, you know, be, a, you know, I think you need to be sensitive, but show up. If you read in the paper, someone died, line those streets. That's right. Show up. I mean, the impact you'll never understand. Mm -hmm. And it's a selfless, like I said, those who've been given much, you know, are required more. And our freedom requires us to honor and recognize. That's why I love how you're allowing us to do this, because we need to hear their stories, speak their names, honor their legacy. It is so important. And some people will think, doesn't matter. No one knows. They know. And teach your kids. And that's my biggest, teach our kids. Because I yes. think we're starting to forget. And I, one of my favorite quotes is from Ronald Reagan, and I'm probably going to botch it, but it's basically, let's see if I can find it. Um, Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We did mm. not pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. We must. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them to do the same. That's right. You know, it's the same thing with our our relationship with Christ. It is not handed down to my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to teach them God's word, teach them. And I pray that my kids will be like Dylan. 
you know, accept Christ, want to follow him boldly, be convicted. That's I mean, right. I love the way he wanted to be baptized before he left. He wanted everything to be right. That's right. And that's what I pray for my kids. But I can't force it. You know, I can't it's force true. them into salvation. They have to choose it. Um, it is not handed down just because right. they're a gram. They will not accept Christ unless they choose it. And so it's the same thing for our freedom. You know, we have mm-hmm. to protect it. Um, and I, we can lose our freedom very quickly. It's something so we take for granted. So it's so true. Yeah, yeah. And my kids, I mean, they they knew Dylan. They remember Dylan. Um, you know, and so we go to the Memorial mm. Day celebrations together. We always go to Dylan's grave. And I, I remember one year uh, for school, Memorial Day was canceled as a holiday, and they were supposed to go to school with snow days and all of that. Mm. And and it really bothered me. And I wrote in and I said, my children will not be there. They will not be there. Mm. They're going to honor their cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they didn't give me a hard time about that. But it, you know, when we talk about the next generation mm-hmm. and, you know, that it's a holiday that can be just kind of set aside, um, you know, but to, to bring to bring children, I mean, mm. they don't last the whole day, they're just an hour or two, but to bring children to these um, Memorial Day remembrances, I think is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It is important. You know, our children, my children have everything in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they don't really, they don't really sacrifice or suffer very much, mm-hmm. which is a, a tremendous blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd, I want them to remember that not just Dylan, mm-hmm. but others have. And, and again, mm-hmm. it's more personal to us and mm-hmm. it hits them harder. They see their aunt who they adore uh, every Memorial Day mm-hmm. and, and how she's feeling. They see me every Memorial Day and how I'm feeling. Their uncle, I mean, their their father and their uncle, but, um, you know, Robinson, who just absolutely adored Dylan as well. Mm. And, you know, they see that, but a lot of children don't have it that close to home. So just to, yeah, to teach them what that holiday means and take them to a remembrance, I mm-hmm. think is important. And mm-hmm. and I say that and it sounds very self-righteous and I, I have to say I didn't do that before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying that from a place of like, I'm so much better because mm-hmm. I, I really didn't do that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now I wish I had. Mm-hmm. And I've heard many family members say that's how they want America to feel, you know, to not know. And that's why, you know, there are sheep and there are sheepdogs and there are wolves, you know, and I think of our military as sheepdogs, you know, mm-hmm. they want to protect the sheep so they don't know that there's wolves out there. That's and right. I think, unfortunately, many Americans don't realize the threats and they maybe don't realize what's out there. And it's because these sheepdogs, you know, intercede and defend us Mm -hmm. so that we can live freely. And so, yeah, not to make anybody feel guilty, but I just wanted to bring awareness and encourage people listening, get involved, get engaged, go to a memorial, it matters. And if you see someone crying, you know, let the Lord lead you. But, you know, and I tell my kids all the time, if you see someone wearing a hat, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam, tell them thank you. Mm-hmm. Ask them questions. And That's sometimes they want they want to talk. That's why they're wearing that hat. You know, and some family members don't want to talk. And they, right. you know, so be sensitive. But if someone gives you a window, ask them. 
Tell me about your friends. Tell me about who you've lost. And, and most enjoy the privilege of sharing. And yeah, I'm watching you light up when you talk about Dylan. I mean, he made an impact on you mm-hmm. and we should talk about him Yeah, and live out his legacy. And I want my kids to be like Dylan, yeah. you know, and to live like him. And the only way for them to know is to tell them his stories. Yeah, it's true. And I, you know, for us, even as a family, I think our greatest fear is that he would be forgotten mm. and that he would almost, he'll never be forgotten by us, but that mm. he'll fade. I, I, we all are terrified of that as a family. And so one of our favorite things we do on Memorial Day, um, the his his friends from the military will often will come, mm. at least a few of them, whoever can, and we sit around the fire uh, in my sister's yard and just tell stories of Dylan mm. and laugh. Mm-hmm. We always, I mean, it's never a somber time. Mm-hmm. We just laugh at, they tell us things that are, you know, that he did in basic training mm-hmm. or wherever that, you know, were just silly, goofy mm-hmm. things. And we all just laugh. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll sit out there till two in the morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> just laughing about all these wonderful, fun times we had with him. Mm. And so for us, anyone who shares a story about him with us that we didn't know, Mm -hmm. um, it's such a blessing. So if you know somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, if you you do know somebody and you just send a note, you know, it doesn't have to be a phone call or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. just say, you know, I'm not sure you realize this, but there was this time Mm-hmm. that this person was really kind to me or just made me smile or, I mean, mm-hmm. those kinds of things mean so much, mm-hmm. so much just to keep that memory alive as more than a name, but mm-hmm. as a real person. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, we might think it's insignificant, but to them, it's a piece of them that, yeah, and especially stories they might not know. And it yeah. might be silly, but, I mean, that brings life and That's brings right. memories and allows their legacy to carry on. So yeah, if you if you know someone that has passed away, you know, reach out to their family. And I think that's the hardest part. People reach out right in the beginning. Yeah. And then you forget. And so whether it's been years and you might think, oh, they don't even probably remember me. It doesn't right. matter. Reach out, you know, write a note. Um, it means something. It really does. Because I, again, I just think that the the greatest fear is, mm-hmm. is that they're, they, and especially, you know, Dylan and so many of these uh, those who have been lost or so young. I mean, he was 22. Yeah. So in some ways, he barely met, left a mark mm-hmm. on the world because he didn't have a long life. Mm-hmm. He didn't have, he wasn't married. He didn't have children. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that legacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, he left an ultimate mark in so many, in, you know, in this larger way, but, but it, he didn't have as much time to make those memories Mm-hmm. And to leave something behind, and um, you know, when I when I go and visit his gravesite, which I try to do frequently for myself, he—I mean, he's not there; he's with the Lord. But mm-hmm. for me, um, and I always go because, and I just sit there and promise I'm not going to forget you. Mm-hmm. I will never forget. I promise you, I will not forget you. Mm-hmm. 
and I will take care of your mom for you. Those are the two things that I always promise him mm-hmm. when I'm there is I promise you that I will never forget who you are. Mm-hmm. And I will always take care of your mom because you weren't here to do it. Mm-hmm. And she does have, you know, um, my nephew, Zachary, Dylan's uh, younger brother, is now in the Air Force. Mm. He joined after Dylan, uh, after we lost Dylan, mm. he joined um, because he and, he, and he wanted to honor Dylan in that. Um, and then I have a niece, Isabel. So, I mean, my sister does have other mm-hmm. other children who, you mm-hmm. know, and they've they feel the loss with her as well. And mm. um, so she has someone to take care of her, but she's mm-hmm. still my little sister. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I still want to oh, take care of her. Man, what a selfless mama. I know we had a, a man in the, our unit, I, I mean, young man, he died at 21, but he was killed. And same thing, his brother enlisted and went. And I never forget, I was dropping Edward off for a deployment and his mom was dropping her off. And just watching her hug her son, I thought that is... I mean, it's selfless to send anyone, but to send your son after that takes such bravery and such grit. And again, I don't think America realizes the sacrifice these families make Mm -hmm. for our freedom. You know, I mean, yes, the fallen make the ultimate sacrifice, but the families, Mm -hmm. you know, they carry it and they carry that burden on a day-to-day basis. And Mm -hmm. so... It matters. So yeah, I always say, go to the memorials, go to the, you know, cause you never know who is surviving that's going um, or the family members and to see people come and stand there, it matters. It matters. And I do, I grieve cause some communities are better than others and some units are better than others at taking out. But like you said, as time goes on, um, I mean, their pain doesn't go away and every day is Memorial Day. So this one day we can soberly, you know, honor and remember um, and so I'm sure the Lord gave you many scriptures to cling to, but is there one in particular that God gave you and walked you through in your grieving process? Well, yeah, I mean, um, there were days when I woke up and it was just like, I just, I can't do it without the word, you know? Mm-hmm. And then days when it felt so busy and I would get to the end of the day and say, oh, I just really need time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were many scriptures along the way, and it was just, you know, how how it is in God's Word with that, whatever you're dealing mm-hmm. with, you know, mm-hmm. He's so good and faithful that if you, um, if you just keep going back to it, He's going to make sure you are filled with what you need for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he never fails in that. He's never failed me in that, for sure. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so, I mean, it was just kind of day by day. Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed for today. Thank you, Lord, kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, there's a there's a scripture that's often tied to Memorial Day. It's on Dylan's tombstone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's John 15, 13, which is mm-hmm. uh, greater, love. greater love hath no one than this to lay down your life for your friends. And... Um, you know, I think about that and I think about how we're all called ultimately to be as much like Christ as we can be. Mm-hmm. And our our life's journey is that struggle to surrender. And, you know, and that and and that's my daily prayers. God, I just want to be so much more, mm-hmm. I, so much more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And I fall so short. 
And, you know, Christ's ultimate mission was to die to save us. Mm-hmm. And so here's my nephew, and not just save your friends, mm-hmm. even though the verse is about greater man hath, than to lay down his life for his friends, but, right. but really Christ died for those who were not his friends. Mm-hmm. He died for those who despised him, who um, spit on him, who, and here's my nephew at 22 years old, who died for his friends, mm-hmm. who died for his family, mm-hmm. but who died for his country, some of whom never knew him, some of whom didn't like him, mm-hmm. didn't like what he represented, mm-hmm. some of whom who spit on the flag, mm-hmm. um, who protest and who do all these other things. And this is not me trying to judge any one of them, but to say that he willingly laid down his life for them as well, mm-hmm. for them to have the freedom to hate him mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. do these things. And so in his 20, I'm 50, and in his 22 years, he became more like Christ than I may ever be. Mm-hmm. And um, and just think about that and what a legacy that is. Mm-hmm. Um. So that scripture just has so much more meaning to me now mm. um, because it, it used to be almost trite mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's, oh, it's a cliche or it's used so much in these moments. But it no, that's, that's meaningful. That's saying this is the ultimate mm-hmm. on this earth, you know, beyond accepting Christ, which is the ultimate ultimate, but this is the ultimate in living in a way that, represents Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think about to live as Christ, to die as gain, you know, and Paul says that, and mm-hmm. you're right, we need to live for Christ um, so that our die, you know, when we die, it will be gained. And That's we right. will be, have eternal heaven. And so, uh, yeah, I just, my heart aches for people that don't know Christ and are grieving and hurting, you know, yes. and that this earth is the best and yes. all that they have and their people and their husband or their son, he is the best. And so for them to be taken, it's it's painstakingly heartbreaking. I mean, it, no matter what it is, but when you know Christ and especially when they're a Christ follower and you say he is with heaven, he exactly. is restored, he is whole. So now let's live to honor Christ and to bring more people with us. That's right. Um, so, and so to pray, um, so that is like my prayer and my goal with, yeah, recognizing Memorial Day is to channel it to to love people well, love them like Christ would and willingly, yeah, give up your life if needed so that they can know Christ. How can we pray? And how, how do you pray for your sister and for <sighs> your family? How can we pray for our family members that have lost someone this Memorial Day? I pray for my sister to always be reminded of that assurance. Mm-hmm. Um to be reminded that Dylan is with Christ, that he is in bliss, and to take comfort in that. Um, because it's, I can't imagine how hard it is for her. I know how hard it is for me. I can't imagine how hard it is for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's so hard not to just miss him so much and to feel like, why and to have all these questions. Um, so my prayer for her is always for comfort in that, for for her to 
to have peace in not knowing why he was the one chosen. Mm -hmm. Because this side of heaven, I don't know that we ever will, right? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Um, But for her to have peace in that, that, that God knew best, knows best, God loves Dylan beyond what we love him, and that God, that he lives basking in the glory of God right now, that he is living in the light of Christ right now, like inside of that light. Mm-hmm. It's not, he's not feeling it as a reflection, like he is there. And for for my sister to take comfort in that, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to take comfort in that, and that, it, that that knowledge would bring her peace even in the midst of all of the uncertainty of the why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, because I think, yeah, people that have been through it, they know how to pray more deep, deeper. You know, I can pray, but you know deeply how to truly pray. And I've heard it said that grief is like the ocean. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the waves. Like you can't control the waves and they will ebb and flow. You know, sometimes they're lashing and then sometimes they're quiet and gentle. And I know I have friends that say, you know, you have good days and bad days, but the pain does come even years later. You know, it never goes away. Um, there's anniversaries and reminders um, that mm-hmm. bring it back. And so, yeah, I just pray that, but in the pain, you know, I know one of my friends, she clings to Isaiah 45, three, that talks about in the deepest trenches were the biggest treasures, you know, and God mm-hmm. in that pain. And that's what I pray. People will find the Lord in this because it, you, I don't know how people do it without, it's right. hard enough in this world without right. or with him. Yes. But without him, to allow him to use this pain and this grieving to refine you and show you treasures and show you God. Because right. I think some of these, some people that have lost, they know God so much better than I do because mm-hmm. you've wrestled and you've been grieved and he has comforted you. Right. Well, and that, yes, for those who don't know Christ, I just, oh, the depth of my pain for those mm-hmm. people. Uh, I just, I how, how? Um, but that each Memorial Day would be an opportunity for them to be to mm-hmm. see ministry mm-hmm. and for God to draw them closer to Himself because it is a lifelong process. And mm-hmm. so even if they were angry and re- rejected God, or mm-hmm. you know, in those in the moment of that initial deep pain, it's not too late mm-hmm. for that loss to to bring meaning. Mm -hmm. It's not too late for God ever Mm -hmm. to use that loss Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to to draw them to himself. And so just that that he would continue to work in that grief and in that pain, that they would be surrounded by believers who would know how to love them well Mm -hmm. so that they could see God's love through those believers. Mm-hmm. And come to knowledge of Christ through that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my prayer for those people. Mm-hmm. So true and so beautiful. Well, thank you, Melissa, for allowing us into your pain um, and allowing us to get to know Dylan. And I just encourage everyone, you know, and if your church doesn't do anything or doesn't have a ministry, start one. I mean, it matters. And some are quieter, so you might not know. Right. Um, and 
So sometimes people get more recognition because they're more involved and they know, but some people don't and they get hidden and lost. And so I encourage you to love your community well and look out for those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice in their families, like I said, because their families carry it every day. It's a weight that you'll always carry. Mm. And so thank you for allowing us to understand a little deeper and to pray a little deeper well, and hopefully minister better. Thank you, Christy. It means a lot to me and to our whole family to be able to always share Dylan's story and who mm-hmm. he was. It, it, every opportunity is so meaningful. And for me personally, just thank you for this opportunity to say thank you to this community mm-hmm. and to Samaritan's Purse in particular. Mm-hmm. It means a lot. I hope the stories and memories that Melissa shared about Dylan remind you that freedom comes from sacrifice. I urge you to never forget their bravery and selflessness that they offered so that we will live free. And it's important to teach the next generation. And so I encourage you to be intentional this Memorial Day and remember the sacrifices made. And as we close, Melissa makes me think of the quote by C.H. Spurgeon. He says, to trust God in the light is nothing, but to trust him in the dark, that is faith. I'm so inspired by Melissa's faith. Another friend who's modeled this faith to me is my friend Kylie. She lost her husband, Jake, and she says, as a result of all the suffering, I have a greater love relationship with my king that is worth every piece of heartache and struggle. That end result brings eternal rewards and a heavenly perspective that simply cannot come from focusing on broken circumstances. I'm thankful for all that God has allowed because it pushed me further into his arms. If you want to hear more from Kylie, she wrote a devotion and we posted on the show notes of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. You will find other resources and printable scriptures that we selected for this episode. I also interviewed my friend Lisa and her pain and loss, and there are many links and resources for you to get engaged this Memorial Day. So check out On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse if you want more information. If someone came to mind during this episode, please let us know so we can pray for their family by name and pass on these resources as well. Thank you again for tuning in. May God bless you and God bless America.